Hot intro here on episode 18 of City of Champions podcast, sitting here with Andrew Coates and Dean Guido. How are you fellas doing this evening? Good, man. Yeah. Are, we, are we, can you actually hear us if I'm sitting this far back? Oh, yeah. No, this, this man, he's got a good setup. Uh, yeah. Loud and clear? Great. All right. Yeah. Best $70 mic on the market. Fuck yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Me bitching about your shitty mics. <laughs> I appreciate you guys coming in. You're going to be the first hot intro just simply because I had to have a guest reschedule and you guys are doing this for me last minute, which I really appreciate. For my listeners who don't already know, which you should, because I promoted it a few times, yeah. but these two do the Fitness Devil You Know podcast. Yeah. Well, actually, it. we've dropped the You Know part, just for simplicity, so it's just the Fitness Devil podcast. That's even We better. made it even that much more complicated. Which probably in retrospect, like, the Fitness Devil You Know, like, that's a big mouthful. Yeah. It still says that on the site, I think. But either that's way, fun. the Fitness Devil's just easy. I don't know. Fuck it. We I like that. Know. The Fitness Devil. Yeah. Would we you ever drop the the? I don't know. Fuck, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll go and change a name eventually. Make it something even more accessible. You, you get all these podcasts like the Tim Ferriss podcast, or yeah. uh, I, I just got onto Andy Frisella's the MF, the M, the motherfucking CEO podcast. No one knows who we are. So we're, I don't know. When we were doing the name, like I think we were just texting. I don't know. We thought we were being really philosophical about well, it, and you then know, we you can get hung up on naming your fucking podcast. I mean, not everybody can be the city of champions. So. <laughs> yeah, I took that one pretty quick and, and, like, and locked you, that in. You want, I can't believe that was available. I can't way. believe it either. But you want to be Edmonton, whereas we we have a lot of really great Edmonton-based professionals. Like two of your guests, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Dietrich, who's a very good friend of mine, I've known for years, and then the guys from Free Fitness. Mm-hmm. Those two, like we've had those guys on our podcast because they're great local professionals. Mm-hmm. And like you get to have some of those people, and like we at least one of our other guests is going to show up in your podcast in the future. We'll keep that a secret because yeah. he's pretty fucking amazing. Big surprise! He gets if he's listening, he'll know. It's like we we mentioned it. No, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. Don't so. say it. Don't say it. Don't ruin Shane's fun. <laughs> no, so no, for, no. for my audience, uh, I want to give them a little bit of background on you guys, how you got started, obviously in the fitness industry, um, and then how this podcast came about. Who goes first? Dean go first. I go first. She comes first. She comes first. Uh, I guess my introduction to fitness actually wasn't too long ago. I think like it's coming up on a year, but like April. That's seriously it? Yeah. Wow. But I was teaching before, so I was always doing some sort of fitness. So I went, played football at U of A, and I needed to continue playing football. So I was like, hell, I'll just get a education degree. Why not? Yeah. I'm here, right? And I was like, oh, I like this whole teaching, coaching thing, and then just kind of I was always lifting I was always being an athlete doing that thing and then I guess somewhere like four years into the teaching I just needed to make a switch to fitness and I was kind of always dabbling in and out with powerlifting and then yeah I had an opportunity come up and I just kind of transitioned out so I so to clarify the structure here you did how many you were at U of A you played football there yeah your whole time yeah um, and then what did you do right after university right after university I literally went and got a teaching job yeah so I, uh, I was subbing, I was coaching football, and then I kind of made my way into a more permanent job. And then, long story short, that permanent job went back into the pool of subbing, and then that's kind of when I was like, I need to make a transition. Right. And I kind of just worked my way. I, I, was, it, I should backtrack a little bit. When I was teaching, I was doing sport performance. So it, literally just the setting I was in, I was actually training for like, like a year and a bit. So I was actually doing it, and mm-hmm. then, I just had an opportunity with L2 Fitness and I just like, I knew I needed to make a change so I just made it happen. So I kind of subbed and trained and then I trained a little bit more and subbed less and then it got to the point where I just transitioned right into training. So in some form or fashion, I was always training. What position did you play in football? 
DB. I was defensive back. Yeah. I was a, I, I'm a little bit bigger now. <laughs> what did you weigh? What did you weigh back then? What do you weigh now? I was now? like 195, and yeah. I'm like 220 now. Do you wish you weighed that back when you played? Uh, no, I would no. have been horrible. <laughs> so let me ask you this, because this is a really common thread I'm finding with a lot of people, and yeah. I'm sure it always has been the case, but now we're just seeing it more and more people reaching out. But how did you deal with not? competing at a high level anymore after you were done university honestly i made some very poor decisions so like right when i was done football like i my body blew up like i had a knee surgery then i came back from that played my final year as i'm training for my final year i blew my hip out so i tore my hip and i needed surgery on that so it was play football or get surgery so i played football then got surgery and then i'm done football like what the hell do i do like I'm not one of those guys where my life would have been over because of football. I just like competing. Yeah. Um, but like, what was the next step? So I just figured, like, a month after surgery, I'll go do powerlifting. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a very. That's not going to be hard on my body. Yeah. At all. <laughs> Pick the hardest thing you could do for someone with blown up joints and two surgeries, and that's why I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Obviously, I like lifting weights. Yeah. You get you can lift weights for competition. Great. So you so, stayed in that competitive field because yeah. a lot of people struggle with like, what am I going to do? Like, yeah. what's my place in the world now? And that's kind of where you just, I found a sport that worked for me. Um, I always kind of find a way to funnel, I guess, competition into something. So whatever it is, I got to be the best at it. And that's yeah. just my personality. Yeah. But like that helped. Like as soon as I got on the powerlifting, like I, I took off, like I did well. It's just like, I don't know. I, I basically switched one poor body choice sport to another. Right. <laughs> At least you're not getting hit in the head anymore, right? No. Yeah. I, <laughs> What's one thing that people don't know about powerlifting that that is pretty common knowledge within that industry, uh, that profession or people, sport? Oh man, that one thing that's common or not not common. Sorry. Well, what, one thing that a lot of people don't realize about it, because that you know, people think be, powerlifting to be good at powerlifting is not good for your body right so like to, to push the up like, and i'm not talking about like just amateur powerlifting or just like for fun like powerlifting is it's not it's not a like it's a sport but like it's just a bunch of lifts so people lifting heavy and doing the power lifts mm-hmm. like that's fine that's a hobby you can do that safely but to push the upper echelon of like strength and be a top competitor like there's no way around it like you, if you go down the road of specificity that much like your body's gonna take a beating and or you won't be able to move the way you did Right before powerlifting, you're, you're borrowing health from the future. Yeah, for the you're basically bor- like you're borrowing like you're borrowing time. Yeah, and then again, there's some people who can stay in longer, but like I just yeah. So yeah. now, do you how do you train? Do you push yourself like that still, uh, or do you just kind of maintain? I'm in the pro. Go back to that hip surgery. I I made some poor decisions, so I just kind of I was on lost time, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna push it as far as I could to the point where like, I just couldn't. So like my body was not holding up. So I just took, I'm still on the, the comeback of like trying to be athletic like I was when I played football. Cause when I played football, I could do whatever I wanted. Like it's one of those things where like you're feeling great. You're, I'm running around, I'm doing things. If there was a challenge, I knew I could do it. And I'm at the point now where like I'm kind of getting there, but I was so stiff. I was so rigid. I was yeah. so in pain. And then, so how do I train? I train like, I'm training like, like I was when I was playing football. Okay. Just a lower intensity version of that so you're just getting yourself back into a yeah. position where you can just feel like you can do yeah, anything be strong basically. but then be mobile be athletic and not do the things that are going to hurt me mm-hmm. but kind of still push it just don't push it so much that my body's just blown up do you find having had those injuries makes you a better trainer makes absolutely. you more able to speak to your clients and say look like use me as an example you don't want to go through what i went through absolutely i think um, i actually just had this discussion today with anthony one of my co-workers and business partners and it was just like because i'm injured i have a very good perspective 
because I'm taking the right roads to get back and I've come back from all these injuries is that I've had to search for answers and figure out a way to kind of fix myself, which in turn allows me to come from that, that spot of knowing and doing and then transfer that information. So it's just that whole search to figure out how to fix your body in terms of training is very um, beneficial the user end, I guess you could say. Okay. So, absolutely. Yeah. Basically, blowing up every, like, I, I could name, like, every injury possible and coming back the wrong way and the right way, and I've kind of, I haven't figured it out, but I figured it out a little bit more than someone who hasn't. Because right. if you haven't hurt yourself, it's really hard to, like, oh, yeah, you just got to do this. Like, are you sure? Like, how did that feel? Like, people, some people just don't know. Yeah. Well, you don't, I think you, have you ever had any big injuries? Nothing serious at no. all. Lucky you. And yeah. there's science. There's yeah. science behind it. Like, there's a right way to do things, but it's really easy to like, kind of impart your knowledge on kind of the right steps, mm. as opposed to just knowing the information and then being <laughs> being a result of that information. Just kind of gives you a different perspective. Yeah. So it, it has helped. I think a lot of people don't also realize like the mental setback that a physical injury can have. Right? You're like, oh, I'm not where I was before, yeah. and it's going to take me so much time just to get back to where I was. Like, you know. Well, and that's just it. I think that, and especially playing football, when there's higher stakes, like like let's just say when I blew my knee out, like I was devastated. Like when I was playing football, because at that exact moment of time, like you're trying to make pro football, and you're you had a scholarship, and your knee just blew up, and you lost your position, you're out for a year. Like the stakes like, are really at, high. And like at like 20 years old, like that was devastating. And like I obviously came back from it, and I had a good mindset about it. But I can understand what it feels like to be really shitty. So some of these people who have like minor injuries and stuff, it's, it's really easy to kind of put them on the right path because you can just say, hey, this is my experience. But like, I, again, I come from that spot of understanding and then yeah. part kind of, well, I feel like I did it the right way. But. This is going to be a really great episode because you guys, between the two of you, have so much freaking knowledge that my listeners are going to bet. You guys are getting like 17 personal training lessons for free right here. It's like, don't, don't get hurt and do other sports that hurt you. Don't lift maximum. Just back it off a little. Yeah. Andrew, okay, so how did you get your start? First of all, East Coast guy. Yeah. Tell us how, how you made your way up here. There's a very long story in that, which we are going to skip. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I have a Bachelor of Commerce degree. Uh, I never set out to do this. Um, I was a high school. Cross-country skier when I was younger, uh, high school basketball, yeah. every everything. I got a couple of provincial <laughs> silver medals in Newfoundland for cross-country skiing. Yeah. Well, that's a small pool. What did you used to weigh? Uh, high schoolish. In you, how many times did you have to go back and forth? Uh, <laughs> it was around the track, five kilometers yeah. is, is what I did. Two out of so, five. Yeah. <laughs> but, the other uh, side of the island and back. In high school, university, uh, I was about probably about 180 pounds. And I re I was always athletic and at, on and off at the gym, nothing serious until I was 24. And then I got down to about 170. Uh, wasn't really in a good place in my life. And I said, "Fuck this! I'm. Uh, I hope you got the explicit label on this." Oh yeah, uh, no, we're all good. Break. I had no problem getting on diet tunes like some people. Yeah, we yeah. had some Dean fucked some shit there. Well, I got really serious about the gym, and I said, "Now to hell with this stuff." So seven months later, I put on. 35, almost 40 lean pounds of muscle mass. This is drug free too. Like, you know, okay. we're, we're not loading up on a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just changed my life. I loved it. Uh, I stayed really consistent with that. Then just some on and off stuff. Uh, owned a bar, um, a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> a, martini here, a, mar- bar. a martini bar, right? Like, I'm sitting in there having drinks with some of the guys from Collective Soul or like Sean Majumder on, uh, on Canadian TV, com- a comedian. Like, just some interesting people coming and going from this place. Okay. Years, but this was a nightmare. We were like running at late night. We're doing shit we weren't supposed to be doing. So, the hell with that. I eventually moved up here 11 years ago. 
I started out in, I worked at uh, a casino for three and a half, almost four years, dealing and supervising, managing a poker room here, which is a very different thing. But the whole time, working out consistently, and the staff at a local gym kept bugging me to come work for them, because mm-hmm. they seemed to think I knew what I was doing, so fine. Big guy. So eventually I did, <clears throat> and then, so that actually blossomed really, really quickly. Now, I started in the industry seven years ago, so very different time in the industry, not nearly as much market saturation, online trainers weren't a thing, not really, or very, very few of them. Um, there weren't anywhere near as many gyms in town, there weren't a lot of boutiques, so it was much easier to get started. So very early on, I gained an enormous amount of experience very quickly, mm-hmm. which set me on a very, very good path. i one of the busiest trainers in this industry in the last seven years. I'm not sure if there's anyone in the city who's actually done as much volume of training sessions in that time as I have, and I'm proud of that fact. And no one of our TD bar. And, no, that was before. That was before. Yeah, but they don't Sorry. have that on their resume. No, that's with you for life now. There's a lot of stuff on my resume. Okay, was that on your resume? As I'm interviewing you, was that on your your resume for your job? Uh, I don't know. I don't even really think they paid too much attention to what was on my resume. They just like, hired me for my skill set. Your good looks. Yeah, my good looks. Yeah, exactly. You're big, redheaded. <laughs> you're in. Uh, Okay. Uh, my mother loves me, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, jeez. Way to hit us right in the heartstrings. Um, so, anyway, accumulated just a ton of experience in that. And, and all the bullshit that came with working for a commercial gym. And, and honestly, it was one of the best experiences in a lot of ways, but it was a lot of stupid crap, too. <laughs> but it made me really good at a lot of elements in this business. And... It made me very independent. I was completely and utterly self-sustaining, even though I worked for a large commercial facility. Yeah. And then, then st- stuff started to get problematic in the work environment. I don't play well with others all the time, and uh, well, it's company of one we'll, here. <laughs> yeah, we won't get into too much detail on that. Okay, stuff. so let's break down your training philosophy into, yeah. if you could, into three um, three <laughs> principles. What are like three main staples that you believe in when it comes to training people? You're always thinking in terms of what is the risk of a decision you're making for a client versus the reward of it, and a lot of behaviors like. You, know, you see trainers doing box jumping. Um, a lot of trainers really like burpees. That stuff's crap. Burpees uh, are crap? They're, they're well, crap. Sh- shitty they're, burpees are well, generally they're, just they're, shitty. They're, they're, a, they're, a, they're, a, they're a shitty modality for the most part. There are better ways to do it. Yes, I know some trainers are going to be like, oh, I like doing burpees or whatever. Honestly, clients fucking hate them. And they they like hate shit. them. And you're creating this shitty experience that is a punishment yeah. style thing yeah. that people don't like. You know what? And then so what, would you replicate, or what would you replace a burpee with? Well, A, you're going to do a push-up. You yeah. can do jumping movements. Just don't jump up on the boxes unless you've got some very specific training goals. Like Box jumping is okay if you use the right equipment and if you've got the right training goals. But trainers use this, this shit as cardio. And box jumping as conditioning work is a shitty way to do conditioning work. Okay. Okay. To push sleds around. Yeah. Have them like sprint but not just like not top speed or get on an aerodyne bike or a roller. There's a million ways that are better than box jumping for yeah. cardio. Okay. If your trainer, if you're listening to this, your trainer's making you doing box jumps or cardio, get a new fucking trainer. Unless, <laughs> unless you call Andrew Coates Fitness. Just jumps in general. Jumps are amazing. With, just but like, shitty, like with, with box jumps, they, they tend to, people get fatigued and on a good day, most people can't jump properly. Their exactly. knees collapse in, it looks like, like an eye. Plus you get these awesome scars right down your shins yeah. when you miss the edge of the box. Oh well, shit. I mean, just, I've, it, I've it, done that to a client and that sucks. I mean, yeah. years and years ago and then you, you learn, you're like, no, I'm stop doing this crap. So just on a side note, what do you guys think about this box jumping robot? 
Have you seen this? No. Yet? You know those Boston mean robots? Those Boston da- Boston Robotics robots. You remember the ones like yeah. six years ago that were uh, quadpedal yeah. and they were climbing on ice and slipping yeah. yet still walking? Well, now they've got a bipedal one that does plyometric box jumps and then 180 hops on the top and then backflips off. A, f- a robot. I mean, like they've like half the stuff we see on online about robots is about sex robots. So I mean, like, I why wouldn't they? Just... I was just, honest. You're talking, you're talking <laughs> about jumping robot, and all I'm thinking about is that stupid blowjob robot I saw like go viral. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. Or or, or, or and, I don't know why. I'm a, you older got, mind. Or wow. you got like certain countries no, known for deplorable human rights track records, making a robot a citizen before their women are practically citizens. Is that right? Like, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> the asshole of the fucking. Uh, what do I think right about jumping robots? I don't get the point. I guess, like, I don't know. Are they using proper form? Is the most question. Well, they probably are. The most important be. question. They wouldn't have to. They don't. I have pain. no goddamn clue. <laughs> so you know, like, going back to what you're saying, like, yeah, risk to reward. He's like, I don't care about fuck this robot. Fucking, tell me my <laughs> principles. I'll tell you about my principles. <laughs> principles. Martinis. Okay, so risk to reward. Like seriously, like create stuff that has incredible reward relative to the risk. Mm-hmm. Second concept that's really important is. What is the time cost versus the benefit of any choice? Mm-hmm. You've got people that come in to see us that literally have two to three hours a week to get in. Mm-hmm. And if you're having those people do a lot of calf raises and wrist curls and shrugs, that is a really, really great waste of their fucking time. Get them to do big basic compound movements. Mm-hmm. Again, wrist or reward, safely and effectively, teach them the right form. And get the most out of the time that they have. So that's a really critical principle right there. And if you want to look at another one, make the environment, make the experience really fun, something that people want to come back and experience. Sustainable. Yeah, be absolutely. Likeable. Be yeah. likable. Be a, be a likable person. Make this fun. De-escalate the intimidation factor of the gym. You know, I work at Evolve Strength, and that's known as sort of a powerlifting gym, which is a terrible misconception. It's a great powerlifting facility, and arguably the best in the city for that particular pursuit. It's also got a ton of Olympic lifting, but it's also a great gen pop gym. We've got turf, sleds, and there's tons of gen pop members in there. And What's that? Gen pop? What's general that? population. Oh, okay. So, gen you know, someone who wants... He's given an acronym. All your listeners are like, you're all gen pop. Well, that's why I ask, because I guess I'm gen pop. I have no 99% of people are gen pop. And so you this hear guy, that, gen poppers? And this goes to trainers. <laughs> it's basically how he classifies. You've been stereotyped. <laughs> you, get, you get all these trainers like, oh, I want to deal with athletes. First of all, real athletes don't have any fucking money except the top pros. Top yeah. pros are not going to work with new trainers. Yeah. And they're like they're the worst type of people to work with in terms of their willingness and their adherence to programs, at least the top level ones. The young athletes, like I said, they're awesome, but they got no goddamn money. So and sure, you as a trainer, you still gotta be able to pay your rent. So do you know who you wanna take care of? The the, the women who wanna lose 20, 30 pounds, and then the men who want to Yeah, well that's Basically, Except, adults with money that want to make yeah. changes in their life. Because essentially, yeah. if you got no money, you can't pay a trainer. Yeah. Right. And if you're inconsistent, that's an inconsistent business. So now, unless you got a free fitness. Now that's that's going to sort of sound like, well, these guys only care about money. Free. No, God no. I mean, we do a podcast every week ourselves. Yeah. We provide tons value. of free content. Other like, if there's someone out there who wants to follow people in this city, there's a handful of professionals, and we like to consider ourselves amongst that, who will literally give out tons of free information to help encourage you to teach you stuff. Yeah. So this is not about, oh, all about money. We just happen to be in a very privileged position where we've been very successful mm-hmm, yeah. that we can 
we have our. You guys have busted your ass, right? Like that, plain and simple. You guys have worked outworked the people in your industry that aren't as busy as you. And I know just from following you both on social media, you guys put out enough content for free that people can essentially be trained by you without actually paying That's exactly you. exactly what I I'm could saying. follow yeah. everything you guys exactly. say and feel like I'm getting trained by both of you without ever giving you a dime. Well, that's the thing. You gotta, so, be, ha. you gotta be in it for the right reasons. Like, obviously, there's a whole money factor. Like, yeah. I'm not doing it to go broke. You gotta eat, man. But, like, at the same time, like, I'm busy enough. Like, I, I, I have a job. I have a career. And then if you treat it like a career, like, it goes to, I guess if you want to boil it down to helping people, but, like, you're being passionate about fitness, being power, passionate about lifting and strength and all that stuff. Like, Honestly, doing posts and giving information is just another outlet for, I don't want to say creative, well, it's kind of creative. Mm-hmm. I do Spider-Man infographics, but... So I why do you hate on Batman so much? He's <laughs> a Spider-Man guy over Batman? I, which I respect, Spider-Man this, was my boy, like, growing to, up. To go back, to this, basically I'm doing infographics where, like, Spider-Man does everything right and Batman's a fucking idiot and does everything wrong. <laughs> um, he doesn't even have par- a superpower. Partially, I'm doing it so that I don't call out anyone for doing things wrong, because I don't want to make people feel like shit. It's just kind of a fun way to kind of highlight wrong and right. But I never really liked DC. It's kind of stupid. Like, <laughs> Batman's not really a... Like, this, I, this, I'll just get, I have this rant probably, like, twice on my podcast. Is that there are two main superheroes. is Superman and fucking Batman. Batman doesn't have superhero superpowers, and he's fucking rich and whatever. And then Superman just has all the powers. Like, it just doesn't make any logical sense. So I balance. saw a meme. And then you go... Yeah. I saw a meme today, and it was the Justice League and all of them at... It, it, all like six of them or yeah. whatever the hell at 100% power and then there was a second one it was only Superman and it said Justice League at 99.4% power yeah. like it just, right. it's just, just like a stupid rat but like he could just laser shoot them all and they're all dead like it just doesn't make anyways well, yeah. I just I, so, love I just loved Marvel as a kid and then it was yeah. kind of like you just hate on DC if you like Marvel I watched yeah. one of the last yeah. night How good in the theater it? it was amazing yeah. it's one of the best it, like one of the, I was talking about this day like one of the six best superhero movies I've ever seen. There's six. I can't eliminate one to make it five. So six. And I'm just thinking that <laughs> there's six. This many. <laughs> one of them is DC, the Dark Knight. The others are all Marvel. Okay, that's fair. And I'm just thinking, how shitty has it got to be to like, be a diehard DC fan to watch DC yeah. fumble and well, bungle they everything got, they, they got their, like you said, they got the Dark Knight, which is like a great movie, by the way. So if you're like, talking about Christian Bale, that, like, that, that's cool. That's, that's all that's they've good. got. That's all, it's literally the Joker, all they got. Heath Ledger's Joker might be the best portrayal of any character that exists. Ever. And Marvel like, can't ever. quite compete with that. But as a franchise, virtually everything from the MCU is at least okay. Like the two, They're okay. The They're two okay. first Thor two. The first two Thor movies, they're okay. They're better than most of what's going on in DC. They're okay. But we have so many unbelievable fucking movies in Marvel that... Spoiled. We're, we're, we're spoiled. spoiled. And anyone from DC, I think they would say, oh, wait till they make Justice League. Wait till they make Justice... Yeah. Just wait till <laughs> Suicide Squad 2, all right, boys? We're really going to... That, that, that movie's disappointing. Too. Yeah. yeah. It's super like disappointing. How do you think of the new Spider-Man? New, I love the new Spider-Man. Right? And, uh, the, and the reason why is because, like... Toby Maguire Spider-Man fucked it up. So like the first, I thought the first two were awesome. Emo Third Spider-Man movie wrecked it. Yeah. yeah, and then this one was just cool. And I'm not gonna get into the world of Sony Marvel because like the movie rights, but it was cool because they had a new take on it. Yeah, and it was just really good. Like, well, it's, it's more awesome. traditional too, yeah. right? It's more Young traditional, Maguire. but new. It's kind of sweet and it ties. I, I just thought it was the best. Like, it's one of my favorite Marvel yeah. movies. Probably my. Yeah, I still like to see it, but uh, yeah, oh, like, Thor. Oh, it's better than Thor in my opinion. It's easy. Wow. Well, I guess I haven't seen Thor. It's easily better than your top six. <laughs> yeah, you want the bigger top seven. Guardians of the Galaxy. There's seven now. One, not two. All right, let's reel us back in because yeah. you said yeah. something. Your third point, which was important to me, is make it fun for the client. Um, and then we kind of alluded to sustainability in a workout too, which leads me to a conversation I had earlier. Um, at what point does 
pushing through to do something you know you need to do but don't necessarily want to do versus just doing what you want to do and maybe taking a few days off here or a week off here because not everyone can make going to the gym or their fitness routine a part of their life to to which they ask what time am I doing it versus whether I'm doing it or not it's these things are individual with people you have to take the person as an individual, like I look at some of my clients, and some of my clients, I almost have to like tell them, okay, you have to stop, or else you won't be able to recover from this much yeah. volume. Mm-hmm. Or I think of one of my clients, for example, she's lovely, she's wonderful, she's came in to get her her blood sugar, blood pressure were high, mm-hmm. and so she started training with me. She trains one to sometimes two times a week. Anything beyond that, even to push, is a little bit emotionally stressful for her, and she's very resistant to that. She'll go for walks. She'll make some changes to her nutrition, but like is not really willing to make too many changes to her lifestyle. But she loves her workouts. She looks forward to it. Her husband loves the fact that she's coming into the gym, being well taken care of, safe. Does. Her blood pressure's <laughs> down. Her blood sugar's down. She's got way more energy. Her quality of life like is giving her life back. Yeah. Loves to travel. Loves to go and do all this sort of stuff. But we found the right amount that gets her a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. But her goals are very different from, say, someone else who like wants to be bone dry lean, who yeah. gets dressed out. Of, like, you get those people who are like ripped, and like, oh, I'm fat today, and you look at them like, there's something wrong. Body with that's, it's it's yeah. so tough to like give the it depends answer, but it really does. Like for some people, it's literally just getting in there and doing their best. Because if you have three kids at home and a, you're working 50 hours a week, like honestly, do the best you can. Yeah. But then there's the other people. They're like, how many workouts? Like they'll ask us. I don't know if they ask you. Probably, they probably do. But how many how many days a week do you work out? I'm like, well, it doesn't really. I work at a gym. Like, I could work out every day if I wanted to. You don't have that luxury. It's like asking Dr. Mike Gizertel, one of our guests, yeah. what his workouts and his nutrition like. I'm like, what the fuck do you care? Like, don't worry. I work out way too long. We're, worry like, about what is ideal for for yeah. you as a person or, mm-hmm. or an individual. But again, again, there's the ideal. But then there's also the people that need the extra push. That like maybe they're just being lazy when they say I can't fit in four days a week. I can only fit in three but four would be much more beneficial it's hard it's it's hard when there's money involved Mm because you don't want to come off like hey like you need to see me more so i can make more money but it's just more or less like depends on their goals if they're not seeing the results they want that's a real conversation like listen we're seeing you let's just say it's once a week and you they said they're going to do two extra workouts and they don't like just you have to have that conversation if their goals are that important and some people if they're not that important like that's fine too like maybe they don't want to be in the best shape ever and they just want to how do you tell someone their goal sucks (laughs) <laughs> Depends if, if you, it's if you it's don't, not, yeah, you, you don't, don't do that. But if it's not realistic, I'll de- that's when I won't lie. Yeah. I won't lie. If their goal is not realistic, I'll be like, listen, man, like again, without like some goals are like, well, you have to see me five times a week. You have to do this, this, and this. And, like that's not realistic. Then I'll just tell them. Sometimes these things are about compromise, and yeah. it's to say, okay, we're going to do the things that I know you enjoy, mm-hmm. um, and it's allowing someone to have in their nutrition a certain amount of. Food that is their fun food. I won't rob someone of the things that they like. And they're going to have to make some sacrifices if they have big weight loss goals or transformation goals. But it becomes, okay, you know what? There's the veggies. You have to have a certain amount of veggies. So here's a compromise. I'll make the deal with you. If you're willing to do this, this, and this, the stuff that I know you don't love, but I'm going to try to make it as fun and as, and as interesting as possible, will make you experience feeling stronger so they start to enjoy this, the tough stuff more, the veggies. will 
make the veggies in such a way that you actually kind of like them. Yeah, what's bit. fun for veggies? But, well, have you ever had Brussels sprouts, like, cooked a certain way? They're, like, better Arbolized than... Brussels. with bacon? Yeah, yeah. That's, exactly. I know, yeah. that's my first thing. <laughs> Which is yes, not exactly is. probably the best way to... But at don't, least, yeah, you're eating Brussels sprouts. Is it... Bad, is bad, bad is shape. It, well, this one, I'm not a trainer. Is it, <laughs> does it offset or no? It's better than eating nothing but pepperoni pizza, sure. So, I mean, like, it's a sliding scale. Yeah, shit on pepperoni pizza, man. But there's room for that, too. But as long as you can find a way to get the person to buy into yeah. doing the stuff that they don't love, but it's really important for them. But oftentimes when you make someone understand, no, you don't have to give up everything you love. This mm-hmm. is not drastic. It's not draconian. Mm-hmm. It's going to be gradually working a little bit harder. And yep, you have to maybe make some sacrifice. But it's not this daunting, oh my God, I'll never get to eat or smell food I love ever again. Mm-hmm. Because that's the kind of stuff that gets people to emotionally rebel and run away. And then, yeah. But that's another conversation all its own because like, that's one person. And then if someone was like, had the, let's just say we'll use powerlifting as we talked about or, or like a sport specific goal. Like if they're a person that can take it and you know and you have a relationship with them, yeah, like that's fucking stupid. Like that's a bad goal. You need to do this, this, and this because of their regimen. So like with, we'll do gen pop and athletes, but those are two different conversations because yeah. Like mother with three kids and whatever, like that's a different conversation. If she has some unrealistic goal to be a fitness model and do this shit, and like, well, hmm. like let's look at getting your life on track first, and then maybe like it's a it's a compromise. How quickly are you guys able to determine with a new client uh, what you can push them to, where their threshold is? And the example I would give is that for someone like me, like I know that the harder I work out and the more consistent I work out, that allows me to pretty much enjoy any type of food I want. And I'm not a guy that's going to go binge on chocolate and candy bars and all that kind and sugar and stuff. But like when I go out to Earl's or Joey's or Cactus or whatever, I'll get like, you know, I'll get the the tuna sandwich with the yam fries and use the, the whole thing a dip. Like because I know that working out so much allows me to 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 indulge in that stuff. So how do you determine where you guys can push people to and also let them know that look like if you want to have all that stuff, you've got to work X, you've got to outwork it on the other end. I think you almost have to reframe that. So to say, all right, let's find out how much we can push a brand new person is an irresponsible way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So I'll reframe. I don't mean to the yeah, brand new person. She just wants to know what he can do. So he can but <laughs> instead, it's about gradually, incrementally, like challenging someone a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. Mm-hmm. And then as you learn what they're capable of, knowing their injuries and knowing how they move, because you have to assess people. There's different approaches. Some people are really meticulous about their assessments and some people argue that's the only way. I've always assessed by doing, like easing people into a lot of basic stuff. And you can tell a lot about people pretty easily with just basic routine assessment work just by simply getting them to do body weight regular movement. Uh, I'm drifting a little bit here with this one, but... By the time time that people are ready to be, quote, pushed to their limits, Mm -hmm. as professionals, we already are able to, we should have that information to know just what they can handle. Mm -hmm. And so that is not something that, yeah, you're going to know right off the hop. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll probably get a good idea again with experience, but... No, and you're even, not pushing someone right to their limits. And, right away. and sometimes most people aren't going to come for like I guess it depends on how you structure your pricing and all that stuff. But some people are just coming to work out like they don't want to hear your diet advice, and it'll come up in conversation. And that's when you talk about habits. Like instead of having the yam fries, have a salad, get a vinaigrette dressing, like blah, 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 like you know what I mean. Then you can start introducing certain habits. Yeah. But like unless they're like like at our place we do we do nutrition separate. Mm-hmm. So like if they're not paying for nutrition, not that we're not going to give them like obviously we have a relationship, but like. They're not ready for that. 
Right. So we don't try to force them in. So it just depends. And Andrew does everything. Yeah, yeah, so, I, yeah I do it all yeah. together, which is a way to add value. You know, if you've got any trainers who are listening to this whole thing, yeah, having an enormous amount of nutritional knowledge is valuable to distinguish you from a lot of the yep. trainers who are out there who who don't have that knowledge. I mean, I know you have that knowledge, but L2 also offers that as part right. of their broader spectrum yeah. of, of services. And it just and that's what I mean. So like, it's, there's me a lot of it depends, but like, if it was someone who's coming in for nutrition, absolutely, then you would get them like. And Andrew probably does the same thing: is that you get them started on habits. It's not necessarily like, like you got to hit these macros. Like it depends on the person, but you're depends not going to hit these macros and this much fat and this much protein. It's usually like eat your body weight in protein and hit your calories <laughs> and then make better fucking choices and eat more veggies. So like that would be the first way. And then yeah. you know what? You're gonna go to Earl's. Don't go to Earl's four times a week. You know you're an infant guy. Like go and once when, a weekend. When and have Dean two says eat your body weight in protein, what he Sorry. means is <laughs> eat, eat, a, eat a 220 pound cow and listen, this, this is one of the few, <laughs> few absolute rules that really Ish. works for right, in up. any situation. Yeah. So for weight loss goals, for muscle building goals, Consuming roughly one gram of protein per pound of lean body mass is a very good rule. So let's say pounds of protein. Yeah. So if you get someone, people are really really lean. You can just round it up to your pounds of body weight. If you got someone with a higher percentage of body fat, go for the lean pounds of body mass. If you're thirty three percent body fat, well, and two thirds of your weight in grams of protein. And if your weight loss goal. The higher protein intake is going to help keep you full, right. satisfied, mm-hmm. and eat less of other things. For someone whose primary goal is to build lean muscle mass, that's a building block to put on more muscle. So okay. that one tends to be a very safe general rule. Easy and pursue. it's an easy habit. Like, it's so, easy habit. So for you, you'd say, like like I said, if if theoretically a guy named Shane when it worked out punch it, he didn't he never lost he just stayed the same way because he worked out and ate at Earl's all the time, we would say, Hey, you could be a little leaner by eating at Earl's twice instead of four times a week and eat more right. protein you're in the week. Right. Boom, done. That's a first week goal. Easy. You'll probably lose weight and you'll probably feel full. You probably won't even want to go to Earl's. You'll be amazed twice. at just a couple of pain painless habit changes that mm-hmm. People don't feel like you're sacrificing a lot, but they make a couple of these gradual habits. Drink more water. Usually, Boom. gradual habit change is a better approach for most people. Some people can dive in harder, but for most people, one, maybe two habits, not pushing too much, you can see some real results mm-hmm. because then they become more conscientious of things. They start changing things proactively that you're not asking. If someone chooses something for themselves versus you telling them, that is a much better way to elicit change than right. if you're the one telling people you have to do this, you have to do this. In fact, unless people are explicitly asking you for direction and stuff, you're much better off allowing people to arrive at the conclusion themselves mm-hmm. and that decision. They're a lot more likely to stick to that. Yeah. So I want to go into diet, but before we do that, sure. I want to talk about the reverse uh, scenario that we were just talking about. And that is, and you mentioned it earlier, someone who you need to pull the reins in on them a little bit. Is there such a thing as overtraining? Where does it exist? What's the level there? People use, and I'll let Dean weigh in on this after, but people use the term overtraining. It's a bit of a boogeyman. Mm -hmm. Again, you need to reframe the thought. It's about under recovery. So you factor in what are the things that go into recovery? Sleep, nutrition, uh, the the amount that you're actually training. Yeah. Yeah. So you can outwork your body's ability to recover from that work. And if you get into that, it doesn't mean your system's going to crash and you're going to die. It means that you are not optimal in your ability to recover, to gain strength, to gain muscle size. So it's about 
hopefully optimizing the amount of work you do that you can recover from. Right? So yeah, you could say, oh, I'm overtrained, but it's really goddamn hard to quote overtrain. It really is. So in one particular session, say someone's doing a push day, like upper body stuff, there's no such thing as doing too many reps, too many sets. There is, but again, you tend to think about it in terms of just how much do I, can I do before I can no longer actually adequately recover from right. this? You could theoretically cause yourself uh, compartment syndrome or rhabdomyolysis. Uh, that gets a little complex. Dumb that just, down for you, me? You usually, and even at L2 and kind of our model is that whatever reps and schemes, whatever the hell, is that like stick to something where you get like, let's just use bench for example, because we said push, is that stick to something that you're not going to fail at, so we use a scale, but like something you could do two or two or three or more reps with. Because mm -hmm. everyone knows like, oh, I'm going to do 135, let's say 10 times, and that 11th one, it's going to fall on your chest. And you know that, you're like, I'm going to fail. You would do that and just apply it to like three reps. Because you never want to go, basically that whole old bodybuilding thing, you have to go to failure to get muscle growth, whatever, like there's a specific utilization of that but generally for most people not going to that going to that like 80% range in terms of effort is going to be that sweet spot so it would just be like you're not going to overtrain if you are always not going to failure because like, if you yeah. can't recover you can't recover from failure the same way as you can recover from being in that sweet spot of like I could do three reps more right that's kind of that's a general way of thinking but even adding that alone is going to help most people because most people go in the gym just, just failure and everything and then they never get stronger it's like, well you didn't actually recover right and yeah. to not going to failure allows you to increase the frequency of your training right and that's too. something oh, that yeah. like even if you just look at generalities that's probably one of the biggest pieces that has switched because before I remember like 18 years old like you got to go to muscle failure and then you're drop sets drop sets set, and then buddy's got to help buddy's got to do a forced rep at the end and like you're dead and like that was the way you did it and like no one so ever got stronger I'll, exp I'll explain it in a different way um, you're going to accumulate fatigue a lot more rapidly than you're going to accumulate training benefit if you yep. go to failure a lot yep. so you're really just going to tire yourself out a lot before you get a lot more training benefit using failure sometimes in particular the yep. last set with a spotter doing it safely yep. of a heavy relatively heavy movement is a good place for some failure but if you're doing it like you said on every set you're accumulating way too much fatigue you're going to just gas yourself up before you get a great training session. In well, and, and, and we can go even deeper into it. It's, it's all depending on programming. Like if you're not on a program, generally that's a good place to start because then there's some structure to it. But like, well, you can go into hypertrophy, but that those last weeks you will go into like a higher RP or something where you're you're almost at failure. Mm -hmm. But that's a very small portion of your program. So it's it it again it depends. But generally not failing and staying in that sweet spot is what I kind like, of what are we talking about fucking overstressed. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> if we talk about the basic rules, don't don't go into the point where you can't recover and you'll notice that. Yeah. You're starting to feel like shit all the time. You're getting weaker in the gym or like you just don't want to be in the gym. That's probably a good sign you did too much. Right. So and then some people are like, well I need to still go to the gym five times a week. You know what? Two days off or three days off isn't gonna fucking hurt you. It'll yeah, actually yeah. people usually if they take the time to recover, they're like, oh, I'm stronger this week. Well, yeah, you recovered. Right. There's another good point to add to all this too is you also have to factor in the stress of your everyday life. Absolutely. All of these stresses are cumulative. So physiological stress in the gym, putting load on your muscles and your joints, is cumulative with the stress of your job or if maybe your home life is a little less than ideal or the traffic ticket you got or if you're somebody who's really wound up in rush hour traffic all the time, one of the best things you could possibly do in your life is to manage your stress overall. 
And if you're noticing it gets to the point where your sleep is poor, your appetite is poor, you're not getting good training, like you said, if you're not getting good pumps in your training, that's actually a sign of that too. Yeah. And if those things start adding up, then that gets into realistically what you're talking about overtraining. Right. So and just be fatigued to the point where like your performance drops. So like is it <clears throat> is it really worth it to go to the gym? No. So what about people like I I look at my weight training sessions as as a meditation almost. I feel like it de-stresses me. So you're yeah. telling me that me going in and lifting weights is actually depends continuing and causing your, more stress? Depends on your goal, I guess. If it's, it's performance-based, it could. If it's just a de-stressor, you're probably not going to that point of fatigue anyways. And it, you know what? If it's a one-off because you had a fight with your girlfriend and you stressed out at your job and you want to go fucking smash yourself, like, as long as you don't hurt yourself, it's not going to be the worst thing. One-offs. Like, I mean, it just yeah. depends. I would right. look at this <laughs> It depends. Here, here's how I would look at it. Yeah. If you're, real when, if you're yeah. comfortably <laughs> under <laughs> the threshold of the stress that you can manage, yeah. then yeah. it's going to be a positive. Right. If you're already at the edge of or over your stress threshold from mm-hmm. everything else in your life and then you add training on top of it, it actually is a negative. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the best way to look at it. And okay. a, good, a good example of that is your job versus someone who works as a construction worker. Like his... Um, opportunity to kind of manage stress. He has a lot more stressors physically, yeah. which will make his gym experience a little bit different than someone who's not hammering a sledgehammer all day. Guy, so, a guy who is doing a construction job probably shouldn't spend two hours in the gym every day lifting very heavy, do a lot of failure. That's or if he is going to be, you better eat like eight thousand calories a day, and yeah. that's going to be really hard when you're when you're doing the sledgehammer. Like you don't get a lot of breaks. Construction. <laughs> we digress. We're getting really I think specific. We hammered that move. Yeah. yeah. So this is very specific. We're right? getting really specific in this one now. So let, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about supplements because, like, the marketing on supplements is just ridiculous. And um, there's a lot of myth, a lot of um, misinformation. Yeah. What are your basics? What are your staples when it comes to supplementation? And, and what are the things that people typically are consuming now that they should definitely not be? Um, and <laughs> if I was going to. Even just one base one, and this is just to help out the pro- like. You're not going to go wrong with having protein, right? Absolutely correct. Um, you're going to go wrong with having ten scoops of protein a day, but like if it's as a supplement to your diet, absolutely. Um, in terms of what works, there's not that many. Like a veggie supplement, um, a, a green supplement, creatine, protein. So hold on, like green supplements work. Well, in terms in of context. like getting my, in context, getting oh, okay. having a green supplement isn't gonna hurt. I yeah. just it's just one of those things where like why so not? Let's let's tackle creatine monohydrate because that works. This is important. Creatine monohydrate is the only form yeah, that good. research has substantiated as effective. Point. Creatine is amazing. There are no side effects. The whole like water retention thing, no, it's pulling water into your muscle cells. It's not going to make you look puffy and bloated or watery or fat looking. No, it doesn't. It is a great performance yeah. enhancer. It'll improve your strength, your short burst endurance. And it actually is, the research is now showing a lot of positive benefits on brain health and brain functioning. So creatine monohydrate might actually be one of the best things that everyone should take. There's right. no and that's downside. that's one good point is like, you're probably going to go there is like, creatine monohydrate, it's not some alkaline with crazy magnesium work. attached to it, which it's just a more expensive version of something that, like creatine monohydrate is very cheap. So Super if there's something cheap. you could add in, it's probably like 20 bucks for like, Four months worth. Right. So yeah. this is really important because there is there is research out not research there is um, statements out there saying oh, that yeah. creatine monohydrate isn't properly absorbed by the body and you have to mix it with something else. Nonsense. True or false? Nonsense. Okay. It, it I'm not going to pull any studies, yeah. but like it's just don't, don't it just yeah. just take it. Just it's, take it's these the guys one, believe that they've the done the one research. that actually is proven to yeah. work on most people. There are non-responders, 
But and, and to go with the protein one, the protein one is it's just literally protein. <laughs> and so do you need to do you need to have all the ones that are chock full of extra glutamine and all no, all the no, amino just, acids? And, so let's tackle that. So yeah. glutamine and casein, brand, and branch chain amino acids. Someone asked me the other day about MAP amino acids. Okay, so go back to protein. If you're getting adequate protein in your day. Protein is comprised of amino acids. Glutamine is an amino acid. BCAs are amino acids. Taking more of those when you're getting adequate protein provides no benefit. So when your local supplement store employee, so here's my little rant on that. All right, good. Do not there listen to supplement and store employees. I have friends who own supplement stores. Are wonderful people. I know people who work in them. <laughs> Put on blast. Not but, them though. Just the. <laughs> no, it, when I tell my clients go in and buy, go buy their protein powder. Go buy what I tell you. Don't buy anything else they tell you. If they had the qualification to know this kind of stuff, they wouldn't be working in a supplement store. I apologize, but mm -hmm. it's true. Okay. So your local GNC employee just doesn't have the know-how to be able to suggest these things. They're trying to sell stuff. They're claiming the stuff that the manufacturers are claiming in their research studies, and unfortunately, this stuff is just not backed. Creatine monohydrate works, protein powder is great, there's a handful of other stuff. Caffeine, don't go nuts on this stuff, but caffeine actually does work to a certain degree as a fat metabolizer. It does improve strength, yes. Yeah. Consume it in black I, coffee is I the best this, way to do I think it. With Mass just did that study, it was like, it actually was surprisingly high. It was like, 500 or 600 milligrams of coffee or coffee caffeine an hour before you work on increased performance yeah, how many milligrams 500 and i was like well that's a low that's, we're talking they're talking so masses they do a lot of good research but like they're talking about specific populations that are studied to do strength so i would assume they did power lifters but right. there is proven that it does increase okay so but don't go smash a bunch of so bcaa's garbage they're a waste of money completely okay. another fucking waste of money okay same with glutamine they're like some specific things like glutamine. If you have, if you're deficient in protein intake and you have some immune issues, glutamine actually can be beneficial, but we're getting so specific. It's not even worth right. getting into, uh, things like, uh, L-carnitine, yeah. waste of your goddamn yeah. money. Uh, HNB is so a waste of your money. And, like, even if, and even if they work, they always, even if money. they worked minutely, you're talking about like a, half a percentage point of performance this or whatever. Important. Like, so let's explain test, why. Test boosters don't work. Okay, so let's 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 focus on pre-workout because that yeah. is probably the biggest I, one that the majority of people take. And I, and I take it. Okay. Well, that's a I got off of it, yeah. Okay. It was fine. I used it for years. It, it's, it's basic it's caffeine, yeah. so it's fine. But all these other additives, first of all, the creatines that are in them generally aren't the type yeah. of creatine that works, so don't worry about that. The, what was the other thing? Uh, they put stuff in it to make you tingly, that shit's bullshit. Beta alanine. Ni yeah, niacin, I think they put yeah, it in. It's beta, it's beta alanine. Beta alanine. That gives yeah. you tingling. Niacin but, is, what the hell is niacin for? I don't remember. So, Again, so the there's, there's like a million things in them. Yeah. <laughs> the premise behind them is that, is that they dilate your blood vessels yeah. and your veins. It's made so in our here's, here's the shitty news. Yeah. Aside from a few things we stated, the stuff that really works really well, that like people like to like make claims about the over-the-counter stuff, only the under-the-counter stuff, the stuff that's illegal and you're not right. supposed to be getting your hands on, actually works that well. And guess what? That's a murky place to go anyway, so you shouldn't be fooling around with that. I yeah. do multivitamins, fish oil, and vitamin D. Yeah, but like multivitamins those are just, and fish oils are solid. But okay. like those are just they're just they're just solid. They're they're but they're supplements. Like if you really had a wholesome diet, you could probably they, yeah they're not game changers. They're not game changers. You know what? They're Costco. They're cheap. Yeah. And they're not going to fuck you up, but yeah. like, really, like in my, it's like I don't even take creatine. To be honest, Bottom those fish oils like fifteen bucks for a year's supply. It's incredible. And, and we're not even saying go buy creatine or protein Just as a supplement. They 
are proven to work. Let's, I don't. Need, I don't have. Let's creatine. reframe a key point here. People are looking at supplements as a holy grail to be the big difference makers. Do you want to know what will make a difference for you, everyone listening? Go sleep enough. Go sleep more. Get <laughs> your nutrition right. It. Get enough protein. Yeah. Get your training right. These things are going to be 99% of the experience. Or at the very least, do something active that you like yeah. to do and you're going to do. Then the Done. supplements, which, hence the word supplemental. And then the supplements. Add it in to perfect <laughs> what you're already doing really well. Okay. okay. But seriously, if you yeah. are sleeping five hours a night and you're feeling like shit all the time and you're not eating enough protein and your nutritional quality is crap and you're inconsistent with your workouts and you're asking guys like us what fucking protein they should be buying, you got your priorities all completely wrong. Mm -hmm. You have so much more you can expand upon before you even start and, thinking about walking. And that's the answer we'll give you. So yeah. like, like if someone asked me that, I would probably give them a pretty similar answer to that because it's it's the non-sexy, again, we've talked about this before, is yeah. that it's the non-sexy answer of consistency and doing the right things to recover. And like That might sound stupid, but like that's what most successful people outside of genetic outliers do. They right. just do the normal basic things which aren't normal and basic to most people we're finding out, but like that's the that's the real answer. Your diet right, sleep, go do something active, whether it's working out, but like do something physically active and like enjoy. It's doing the right things results. consistently yeah. and that I think that's And I hate to make people feel like and I don't mean to make people feel stupid, but it's like literally that's that that simple. It's, it's simple, obviously but it's a little bit more, easy, but, it's, right? but it's not easy because you have then you have other factors in life and stuff. But if you can hammer those three details down, you're you're ahead of you're well ahead of a lot. People, of people. want to be told that there's one secret, there's one thing that's going to change everything. It's like when the book Wheat Belly came out. I know it's one of your myth list uh, gluten, and people are. Oh, and, and there's going to be someone listening to this like, oh, no, he's wrong. Gluten I, is bad. If you, like, if you, no, gluten, I like gluten-free bread. It's good. Yeah. Gluten <laughs> I do, it's it good. is bad for yeah, one like group of people, yeah. people who have celiac disease. Yeah. Okay? Pretty much the research outside of that, there are going to be people that argue, oh, there's, there's non-celiac gluten intolerance and sensitivity. Nah, no. Uh, it's something different. It's something called a, a FODMAP, which is a cluster of foods that actually do cause some issues. It just so happens that wheat tends to be on that list. The carbohydrate in wheat is an issue for some people. It's not the protein, which is the gluten. Now we're splitting hairs here. For some of those people, yeah, you know what? Don't eat bread because guess what? There's loaded in calories and maybe it reacts poorly to you. But should you be going out and forking out all this money on gluten-free bread and other shit? Probably not. You know what? Just eat less of the bread and you're probably going to see a positive outcome. But it doesn't mean that you're allergic to gluten. Yeah, and I like to interject. Thanks for having this podcast because it lets him get out all of his friends that he that he holds the fuck back on ours. Dude, this is what this is about. Yeah. The classic Andrew Coates rant. Like, and you can't see it, but he, he's not red, but he's, like, not happy about gluten right now. Not redder than usual. <laughs> You're like, fuck gluten. <laughs> this, is a this is a misconception that I have this but, angry, ranty person. I'm not. I'm actually, no, one, I'm most, I'm actually one of the most measured people you're going to see about all this sort of stuff. Until he snaps. Until he snaps. Yeah. Like, don't fucking talk about <laughs> He's like the Hulk, right? What's Just killing all the X-Men. What's the veggie documentary on Netflix? Uh, what the hell? What the hell? Yeah. That's a steaming pile of bullshit, too, right? Perfect. Yeah. Talk about that. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, okay, so this is actually one of the biggest problems in our world right now in every aspect is people subscribe to these ideological narratives, these emotionally held belief systems. And we're seeing it in politics is one of the worst places you see it. You see it in religion, which is probably one of the reasons why our world is so fucked up is all the different problems in all the different religions. Oh, yeah, that's going to fuck with people right there. But in the fitness industry, people subscribe to nutritional dogma, paleo diet zealot or, yeah. uh, zealots or keto zealots or... 
even the people who go way off the deep end on if it fits your macros mm -hmm. or clean eating zealots. Mm -hmm. And I know this stuff is all over your list of myth. Well, this is great because, and I just may, and I want you yeah. to continue going, but the way they outline paleo and the way they outline intermittent fasting and um, ketogenic diet, it no. the things they say make it seem like it makes sense, right? Like the, the information they give you. So what is misguided about they it? They all work. Well, the work the same after you get past the nuts and bolts. They work because... A lot of them do a fairly good job of creating calorie restriction. Mm -hmm. So no keto or paleo or veganism, they don't have special properties. And there are going to be people like intermittent fasting, and we have one particular notable complete lunatic running around the city preaching extreme fasting, and we're not going to name him because I don't want to draw any attention to him, but <laughs> you get these people who okay. think that there is... All of these great benefits to all these dietary regimes are one specific, and they subscribe to these ideologies like it's religion. Right. And to say anything otherwise, if someone's listening who feels that way, I'm now the bad guy. Of course. I, oh, they are not going to be happy. You are not happy with me right now saying this stuff because I'm, I am offending your belief system. And you know what? I, I think if if you're offended by what I'm about to say, you need to be offended right now because you need to challenge your beliefs. And to Here's be the truth right now. You'd need to be objective about this stuff. And if keto, if you like it, mm -hmm. and if you are losing weight on keto or paleo or being a vegan, or if you do veganism for ethical reasons, keep doing it. then do it. It's fine. But don't tell everyone else that is the holy grail, that it has magical powers, and that is the only way to be successful because that's not true. There people have been successful with every dietary regime imaginable. Since the fucking diets came out, people have been successful in South Beach, and they. I mean, I don't want to validate and things like the HCG diet. That shit's terrifying. What's that? Yeah, what is that? that? That's people are on like diets that are like lower than a thousand calories a day, like a lot lower, and putting the hormone HCG under their tongue. It's. Oh, oh yeah, the droppers. Yeah, yeah like that, 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 that shit is they, really stupid like a, and dangerous. I don't know. But it's, anytime you get into some sort of extreme, short-term, unsustainable behavior, yeah. bad things are going to happen because right. you're going to rebound and you're just going to go back to your old behavior. Well, and, if, yeah. you, if you want to achieve long-term enduring success, then you have to ch make long-term enduring behavioral change, something that's sustainable. We fail at our New Year's resolutions because we promise ourselves we're going to go on these extreme diets and we're going to be different and we're going to change. And realistically, that stuff's unsustainable. If you would make some moderate habit changes, like we talked about earlier, and did some stuff that wasn't too painful, that didn't rob you of the food you enjoyed, or promise that you're going to quit smoking and drinking and heroin, and you're going to work out twice a day for the rest of your life. Heroin? Yeah. <laughs> I just blocked out for a second. I was, like, I was like listening. Like, that was a joke. That's a joke, right? <laughs> I was like, you looked right at Shane. I was like, is Shane doing heroin? <laughs> oh, no. Like, no. It's an intervention. <laughs> How did you guys figure this out? And, you know, like change all of these these habits and, and you're never going to do anything remotely bad ever again. Well, come on. Like, that's completely and utterly unrealistic. When, and, yeah. So, you know, just make some manageable steps and just be successful at it. And then watch it add up. You know, I'm like, hey, this is working. I'm enjoying this. So let's keep doing this. Well, so it goes back to what you said of, like, the cost-benefit analysis, right? Like, if yeah. it, well, intermittent fasting could be a cost-benefit. Like, if someone literally has crazy goals or, <laughs> sorry, crazy work hours and, like, big 
whatever for whatever reason it works when they eat yeah. six hour window and it works like fucking that's fine just, you know just, what just, just just don't drink your own piss just, while you're just don't go telling everyone like that's the only way to do it and right. I think that's kind of the general answer but like a lot of those things work within context like I did keto for I think four months it was awesome yeah you but liked I got it off, but I, yeah I liked it this actually, but then I, there was a point where I didn't like it and I was like you know what so I want to eat normal food this actually goes back to a question you asked that we didn't yeah. answer so let's do it that's actually how Dean and I first got yeah. to talking. We met, anonymous. We met <laughs> not that long ago when I first came over to uh, Evolve yeah. uh, when I left uh, my original company. And we just encountered each other. And I'd heard his name a lot around the, the community because uh, we had a lot of mutual friends of powerlifters and whatnot and trainers. So uh, got each other on, on social media. And then we just end up chatting back and forth about Slitter keto DMs, and oh, yeah. various other stuff. And then you started watching the YouTube videos that I was doing for a bit. But I just... I didn't really stick with those as well, but you like what you saw. So he messaged me one day in August, going, "Hey, would you? How would you feel about doing a podcast?" And I'm like, "Oh, you guys you didn't mean? know each other before the podcast." Well, so not and, and, and well, to backtrack yeah. a little bit. I think what happened is we had a. Actually, it was because I was tracking my keto thing. So yeah. before, like, and I'm not on it right now, but I was on a sponsored powerlifting team, and I had to do like logs and all this stuff. And I was logging my keto progress with powerlifting, and it was going successful. And I think he read that or knew about it somehow. And then he's yeah. like, he's like I see him at the gym. He's like, Hey, you like keto, man? Or I can't remember what it was, but <laughs> he's like, I like. And we talked about. It. He's like, Man, I like you. You're not one of those keto crazy, yeah. whatever people. And I was like, Yeah, I, I'm not going to be one of those ones. You have to fucking do keto. Like I was doing it because I right. wanted to see if it worked. <clears throat> and then we talked. Then I saw his videos. And then I was like, When I had the idea, basically I was listening to podcasts going to BC, and I was like, I could do this better. And I'm like. Who would do a podcast? Because I just don't. Who are you it. listening to? <sighs> I was listening to a bunch of podcasts. I, honestly, it was just one of those things where, like, I was looking about how to give out content. I was like, I could do this. I could do this. I could. Right. Do this. But I was like, I don't want to do it myself. Because <laughs> like a lot of shit that going on. I'm like, I wonder who would do this. I'm like, Andrew. Oh, it's Andrew. Fine. I'm like, I'm watching Andrew's videos. And we're talking. I'm like, he would fucking love this. He's already pretty much fucking doing it. Just talking to his camera. And then I called him. And he's having his cat in his house alone. Yeah. And you're like, this guy's got it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, he he wants to do a podcast. And then yeah. he actually did. And I was like, fuck yeah. And it worked out great because I've got a ton of industry friends all over the U.S. because I go to these conferences, so I'm well-networked with this and a lot of really awesome local people. And then Dean knows a bunch of people who are great. And then he's They're not up, as good as yeah. average people. He, well, I got Mark Fisher, right? So, That's true. Yeah. Is it like one-upsmanship for you guys? No. Hell you no. get the best no. guest? A- you both say no, but your eyes say yes. A- Andrew's the pit bull. The pit bull? Yeah. He goes and gets everyone. He's yeah. just like... And what, was, are you, was, what are you... I just fucking do the tech, man. <laughs> Andrew, and, Andrew's not the best with technology. The tech and the superhero reference. Oh, it's painful. Which like, I appreciate. I'm, like, I'm doing a Facebook Live video, and he's like sending me messages like, turn the camera the sideways. Camera's horizontal. Like that, right? He's like, that's why I got you around. I'm like, yeah, man. You're like thinking like, this is not hard. We're, all, we're almost always almost exactly on the same page. Yeah. We, same vision. It's a great setup. And because anyone who knows me, I am a giant pain in the ass for being like, black and white about the world mm. and I don't better. always work well with others I don't deal well with authority so for me to actually like partner up with someone <laughs> is a complicated process so he must have liked me in our passing conversation yes because he's like he literally was like yeah I want to do a podcast I've been thinking about doing it for a couple months now when do you want to start <laughs> Well, well I love listening to podcasts, but I mean, I couldn't do this shit. Like, I mean, you're doing this one on your own, and yeah. you've done a wonderful job with this so far. Well, I appreciate so, that. Well, no, I love it, so. It, take, you know, it takes work, but I think having the partner makes it a little bit easier. Well, not um, just the, But also, it, it brings the workload. Well, yeah, exactly. And, like, we, we have our own skills. Like, I tend to write 
most everything in terms of bringing in script stuff, which we found that I'm a little bit more efficient with. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so we just highlight. If you haven't noticed, stuff. Andrew, like he likes rants, but he has like ideas and he needs to get them out. Yeah. And then the scripts, like the scripts just show that. Like he, I don't know, I feel like he like dreams about this stuff because he comes <laughs> together with these scripts and I'm like, holy shit, man. Yeah. Like, where did you get the time to write that? Right. Yeah, like, well, your I'm, schedule is not if I were very to do it, open. That's I don't, for sure. I would have just been like, like I was, I was a teacher for a long time. It's like, I don't need the script. I would have just wrote like, like a topic and I would have just had a question. Right. And You have like a couple bullet points. Yeah, and, and then that's, you that's just, just how I would have done it. But everyone's got their process differently, yeah. right? Like Larry King doesn't use anything yeah. at all. Like he just goes and I think that's why it works. Larry King, right? Yeah. He's older than God. So, so it's amazing that he has doesn't have to write stuff down because he's got no brain left. It's senile. But like we have to like in, in that we figured out our process because he wrote the script. I think I can't remember it was like our first one and I'm like reading his script and I couldn't read the questions because it was like an Andrew speak which was like a long question and I just I just like fumbled the <laughs> question like, it for and he has like then. and Andrew's very well spoken and I'm like trying to figure out a way to put like my trailer park boy spit on it I couldn't in the process and <laughs> so like I just started rewriting questions after that I'm like yeah. this is what Andrew I know what Andrew's going after I'm just going to put scratch in my- his out put your own Dean on it or yeah and it was just yeah it works so, the key is it works and uh, it works so this is where it all came from and we've now released uh, by the time anyone hears this probably well, no, we'll have more. released yeah We'll really we'll have released thirteen. Yeah. So so far. What so are you guys going at? A one a week or one a week? We've yeah. dropped. There's, we've already had one week where we dropped two. Yeah. And we're gonna do that on occasion because sometimes we're just gonna record more mm-hmm. based on our schedule. And I don't want to record shit and hold it on to it over six weeks. Part of the problem is like we're, we're dealing with like we've actually got some pretty sweet guests, but we don't want to have them on and then like you know get, we want them to self promote it. Yeah. yeah. So like if we wait like three weeks for it, it just feels weird. Like hey, would we yeah. like can you just do this later? It's almost just good that. And I don't know how you felt about it, but like, yeah, you do it and then you almost have that like momentum and that relationship going and you get them to put it out. Just get it out in the yeah. world, right? Yeah. Because you don't want to give them time to like think like, oh, like did I want to say all that stuff? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's good to like have, you know, not have them say stuff they didn't mean to say, but like hmm. you just get it out there and then move on to the next thing. Well, it's learning about it because you have like 12 episodes. At this is 18. Yeah, you're really up there. But like yeah. you learned, like, I don't know how you felt about your first one. Like I listened to your first one, your first few and I, like it's changed since then. Everything's improved. Yeah. Let's just say that. That. and it's you know that's just natural with anything right yeah. you you learn you get more comfortable and the more comfortable you are I find the more you're able to just be creative yeah. when you're so focused on not screwing up that's when you tend to screw and, up right? and that was the first episode for us so like even if you think back to our podcast yeah. I, we were fucking I, I don't know I was you're like nervous but then, afterwards I was like I called Angela like fuck this is complete shit and like people it got receptive pretty well <laughs> shut it down but like, I, was like I was like I'm not myself I'm reading these questions I think I'm like an interviewer I'm like I'm not a fucking interviewer I just need to do the way I do it, it was and like that's it. Gaining comfort and confidence. And yeah. actually, our first one is great. Our, our first one was actually the third one we released, and that's our buddy Alfred. And he was a sacrificial lamb, and he was great. And honestly, it was a great episode. And Rest by in the peace, time, Alfred. And then we. You <laughs> and know, everyone liked that one. I was like, fuck, I, I hate that, that one. I got, honestly, I don't want to listen to that one. It's it's actually really good. In fact, like the more we just recently recorded one, and I wasn't feeling so hot about it. Then I went back and listened to it. I'm like, this is spectacular. Right. So when you're in the moment, sometimes you can't be objective in terms of just how great the guest is. Yeah. And that's a good thing too. Yeah. I think I don't know how you like if you felt the same way about some of yours. You're just like, uh. Uh, I usually have a pretty good sense of while it's going. Yeah. I know like this is going the way I want it to go, or, yeah. or or maybe it's not. But I mean, at the end of the day, you you can't not put it out, right? So yeah, you just got to not worry about in the moment whether you think it's good or not. And I don't know what your reasons for doing yours was, but ours was like completely like, like we weren't looking at like <laughs> from Edmonton, we're trainer. Like I wasn't looking at it like we're gonna get rich. Like mm-hmm. AK, we're not getting rich. 
but it wasn't it wasn't coming from a donate place, to their GoFundMe. <laughs> it wasn't coming from a place of like oh. let's make some money and get rich quick steam. Like we literally just wanted to do it for content, meet and network with new people, and that's kind of where I was listening to it. I'm like, I could do this. Plus, I get to meet sweet people. Right. Fucking. Let's for me, it. and oh. that's exactly yeah, the right point. Like, for me, it's about developing relationships yeah. with people that I wouldn't have otherwise. I look at it this way. Like, I've messaged several people out of the blue. Yeah. Hey, I like the stuff that you're doing. I do this podcast. I want you to come on, yeah. and I want to get to know a little bit more about you. I go for one coffee or a meal with them before, yeah. and then we sit down and record. And these are people that I talk to, like, every week now. I really yeah. enjoy it. And imagine trying to do that to someone not in the context of a podcast. Just reach out of the blue and be like, hey, I like what you're doing. Do you want to be friends? And it's weird. <laughs> It, it doesn't it, work that way. Like, 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 like strange men. Yeah, I have like a lot of gym bathrooms talking to you, right? You know but, who you but are. But it's not like you have like a lot. Like they're not like great friends. But like I have people that I like, I talk to on a weekly basis that I wouldn't have had prior to that. And like for whatever reason, you have a podcast. Everyone just started a podcast. But like Andrew's messaging, you want to come on our podcast? Is somewhere like fuck? They won't do it. And they're like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll see you next week. I'm like what? Yeah. And well, so and now that that's just kind of the way we're going about it. Is yeah. like literally from those people have branched out other ones. And it's just like never ending. And it's like only two people have sort of said no to me, and both are like just they're actually friends of mine, and they're two of the most amazing Some people friends. ever. Who said no? no. Uh, did, actually, yeah. neither Go totally ahead. said no. Both were reluctant. I will get them both eventually. Put them on blast. But, yeah. uh, so I got to th- throw them out here. One is, uh, and I got to get her for yours too, is my friend Jen Kish. So she's the uh, Kish. the captain of Team Canada's women's rugby women. And they won uh, bronze in Rio. Yeah. So Jen's amazing. Jen and I have known each other a long time, and so she'll do it eventually. Yeah. But I want to get her on for you because I mean, she's an Olympian. She's a medalist. Yeah. She's one of the coolest people ever. She's a really... She lives here? Yeah, she's yeah, local. She perfect. trains in Victoria a lot, but uh, she's just a really super We're gonna cool make her person. Like you have, you're already, <laughs> you've already, already committed to Shane's audience. They're all so Jen is a really, really Everyone great person uh, speaking about women in sport, uh, about LGBT stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff like that. So she's just a super person. And then there's uh, my friend David Gator, who is... Gator. Used to be the lead designer for uh, Bioware here. Now he's with a with another company. But the guy's like the the lead designer for the Dragon Age franchise, oh, and yeah. like he's a, he's a huge huge name in the video game design industry. So I think David is just a really cool success story in of himself. So okay, Gator and Cash, you got to get get on. Yeah, this so we're gonna work on those guys eventually. So yeah. uh, we'll we'll deal with those guys. But they'd actually make great guests for you. So I, I appreciate that. That's one of the like even to go back to just one. That's the best part about the whole thing is the whole networking thing. Yeah, like yeah. And you you have a pretty cool network too because it's like all people in Edmonton like. <laughs> Freaking well, I know who you're gonna have. <laughs> you don't, don't ruin it. I don't want to have to edit this. We thing. got a good buddy of ours showing yeah. up, and uh, and he's pretty cool. So so like him a lot. So we're, we're, we've surpassed an hour here now, but there's a couple more re- going. really important things I want. You don't have any liquor in there, so we might have to. There's get no liquor in there. <laughs> let's get the liquor out. Yeah, let's go get some scotch. Let's do two hours. Let's do three. Three. We can do three. Maybe that'll yeah, be round two. Little 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 you got <laughs> a list of of myths and and things that you want to talk. And I saw one there I really liked. Well, okay. Okay, so there's a couple that I know I want to tackle, and like, uh, it's just it frustrates me to no end. They're kind of kind of go hand in hand, but there's like the clean eating and the detox thing. Talk a little bit about that for these people. I'll do my like. Uh, I'm not even. I don't, I'm not gonna get the details about detoxes. That's if it's it says detox, is fucking stupid. Clean eating in itself isn't bad. Like telling people to eat clean food is like great. It's just like it's not always realistic. Where people get into trouble with clean eating is when they start to believe that calories don't matter. Yeah. So we kind of hit on this earlier. <laughs> Nothing matters more than calories. You can get fat as fuck eating 
like chicken and rice. Chicken and rice, absolutely. You can get fatter than hell. Now it's hard to do. If you have a diet rich in vegetables and fruit and lean protein and the occasional cheating for whatever sort of food, then yes, it's much, much easier to manage your weight. But again, calories matter most. Where clean eating gets troublesome is when it becomes obsessive to the point where people start developing emotional issues. Like there's something called orthorexia. How do you define clean eating quickly? Yeah, that's that's, that's actually part of the problem. Is how do you define it? Right. Define it. It's really hard to I define. I guess I would assume. So this is like if I hear clean eating, I'm thinking like you're eating your veggies, you're eating clean foods that aren't. Fuck. You just find it. Okay, I've already like really had the basic. You're not so, eating junk food. You're not eating fat junk food. But yeah, yeah, now here's the here's the fucked up part about clean eating. According to clean eating mantra, you have to eat quote clean most of the time, but then you get cheat meals. So by the very definition, you're binging on a and it, it does set up binge behavior potentially. You're binging on potentially crap or high calorie food that isn't counted into the equation. So. If you, the clean eaters go nuts about the flexible dieters, the if it fits your macros crap. Oh, you can't, you can't eat fucking Pop-Tarts and this and that and all the junk food all those and, and get lean, but yet they're, <laughs> they're, binging, <laughs> they're binging on junk calories in one localized portion right? versus spreading out that same amount of junk throughout every day or whatever. And it's just lunacy that there's even this argument over it. And it's two tribes at war. It's two religion-like ideologies freaking out each other. It's like, your duck god is wrong and our rabbit god is right and there can never be peace until you submit to our rabbit god. Like, this is the kind of shit you're getting from these yeah. people. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen that meme. I think it's a far side or a, I don't know, a bizarro uh, yeah. uh, little... You mean the meme that was actually yeah. like on in a comic book or a paper yeah. before? Yeah, so like, yeah. I, I stole that from somewhere so I should get credit, I suppose. But <laughs> that's, that's the way people think with this stuff. Yeah. So... When you get into things like orthorexia, where there becomes such an obsession with clean eating and exercise, it can be physically and emotionally debilitating, mm -hmm. and it becomes very obsessive, and it becomes very dangerous. Mm -hmm. So, and that's in its most extreme form. But again, you're, you're also creating the stigma that foods are bad, yeah. right. and the that's moment the you thing. start taking foods that oh, you're telling people this is really bad, you shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. When have you ever been? successful in staying away from something that people told you is bad. I mean, if we all know that smoking is bad, why are kids starting to still smoke? Or right. alcohol is bad, why are people still drinking alcohol? Wow, people are drawn that... to shit that they're told that they're not supposed to have. Well, so it's the, the moment taboo you nature say, of it, for it's sure, taboo. right? And I think you've alluded to this before, but associating guilt and yeah. with food is just a terrible road to go down. Yeah. Because it creates this perpetual cycle of guilt and shame and this negative feedback loop. And that often can lead to binge behavior and overconsumption of food and depression and all kinds of negative emotions. Well, it affects like, your social life. Then that affects yeah. your depression. Like it's just like, yeah. yeah. I, I, you touch on detox, but like detox is usually just that whole extreme behavior. So like it'll work within its context of whatever. This is my favorite one, by the way, the detox. Yeah. That people think they can go through five days of tea no. and not eating stuff, and their body is going to be cleansed of the toxins <laughs> when we have millions of years of biological evolution so that our bodies are able Kidneys, to manage these toxins. Yeah. So go, go like over that cabbage, a little bit. The cabbage detox. Is it a cabbage yeah. detox where they just eat cabbage soup? Stupid. Like, oh, I lost it's, a bunch of weight. Well, you lost a bunch of water and you just you weren't ate, eating. You ate it's zero like food. <laughs> you're told, oh, you boost immune functioning because... 
uh, when you eat these foods or whatever. It's like you don't want to boost your immune function. There are a lot of diseases that are the result, <laughs> autoimmune disorders that are the result of a of a an immune system that is working far too well. It starts right. attacking your own tissue. So the whole idea that you're telling people you want to boost your immune function by drinking yeah. this particular herb and they, yeah. I think, oh, I it's think like Ultron saving the human race yeah. by shit destroying it. This, this shit doesn't even work. I think it was, I don't, maybe so, it's not common sense, but go do your homework <laughs> on who's telling people the detox. If they're selling something, it's probably biased because like they're they're obviously incentivized to sell you something mm-hmm. that their detox is going to work. So it's just that's total, total normal human skills, I think. But I mean, I guess it's not because they're making lots of money. So if you're being sold on a detox or cleanse and usually it's some sort of liquid thing a lot of fiber you get diarrhea for a couple days and oh my god you've you you know after a week you're down 10 pounds here's the lie that 10 pounds is water weight so that 10 pounds a you're going to gain it right back as soon as you you know regulate back to normal levels of water so the weight loss wasn't body fat it wasn't sustainable it's an illusion so it doesn't even fucking work (laughs) And yet you're paying money right. because some girl on Instagram is saying, here, like, drink this detox tea. Oh, right? now we're going after the Instagram models. Okay, oh, what's, what's, up with, what's up with these girls? What's their problem? <laughs> They're misinformed. They're photoshopped Actually, you know, you know what? Time. Well, there's, there's that part of it. it. I guess it depends. Which which Instagram girls? There's the, well. Paige Hathaway. So she, anyone who follows Paige, Paige has been caught photoshopping her image yeah. to unrealistic proportions. Busted doing this. Shame on you. So the problem is, I find the problem is with Instagram people that are doing things like that, or like they're showing stupid workouts, doing their booty squats, and it looks like shit. But they have the attention of the mass, Mm -hmm. the masses. Like that's the problem. The wrong Mm -hmm. people have the attention of the masses. So you have this person that's beautiful, and like you want to look like her, and she's doing some fucking squat where she's not braced her ass hanging out and like probably photoshopped anyways and like that's who's influencing you like I want to do that it's like well maybe you shouldn't do that but that's what's getting put in front of them so that's my problem we have we've talked in half of our episodes about how some of the professionals in our in our world the reputable integrity based evidence based community in the fitness world sexy can yeah like a lot of times the message isn't sexy but how can (laughs) we get some of those people to gain more mainstream traction. And right. again, some of our guests, Sohi Lee, Mark Fisher, Dr. Mike Isertel, uh, they're three great ones. They, they actually are starting to creep in. They're Brett Contreras, the glute guy, is a really good one for this sort of thing. But these people, despite the fact that, you know, they're, they have a growing audience, they are not competing with Instagram models, right. uh, famous celebrity TV people who are promoting some sort of weight loss book or God only knows what else. Some detox, whatever, right? Or, you know, you get uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's trainer, what's her name, Tracy Anderson, who's one of the biggest imbeciles in the industry. Who's she's, her one? She's telling women that they, she shouldn't, they shouldn't pick up anything heavier than a three-pound oh, dumbbell. Yeah. And that they're going to develop long, lean muscles from doing this. I think mm. this is fucking nonsense. But yet, this is the richest personal trainer in the world. And this is not jealousy, professional jealousy or any of this kind of crap. Because, no, like, I would, you'd never want to misrepresent the way all this stuff works or perpetuate misinformation on the level that these people do. Right. I couldn't do it ethically. I couldn't sleep at night. Right. But you get people like her, Jillian Michaels, or Dr. Benefit, Oz. The only benefit they one. have is that they make people ask questions about their lifestyle and make a change. I just wish it yeah. wasn't, well, not to say, generally something will work, it's just they need better guidance for people. If if they're getting people moving, and if, you know what, there are probably a lot of people out there who have been helped by these charlatans getting them at least moving, and they're charlatans, that's what they are. Some of them are very pretty, though. 
And that's part like, of the that's reason why, why they're famous. Appeal. Yeah. So, like, so if, imagine if we were all pretty. Our Instagrams. Would, well, so how did how did uh, Richard Simmons get <laughs> that frizzy hair? He was a. I don't know what his deal he was. fucking inspired. Millions I, I love Richard Simmons. I think he actually is a wonderful you know fixture. We're setting him up. We're setting Shane up. He's he's he's, he's up there in years. He's, he's up there in years, and I think he's been kind of sequestered away. Um, like Howard, I, Howard Hughes. Mm, a little different. So sometimes you notice celebrities disappear, and they don't always make it really public that you know maybe they're gain dementia or their health issues. Are you saying Richard Simmons has dementia? I'm not sure what the issue is with it, but his family's been fighting over him and his, I guess, what? his estate. Oh, this is getting deep. What? So he's yeah. not going to be on the podcast. He, no, no Richard. Thought, first of all, Simmons has got to be probably if he's not 70, he's well into his 70s. Uh, he's certainly up there, but yeah, I just don't think he's particularly healthy. I think he's kind of hidden away and I don't know the full story but he's just not in the public eye right. and I, I know that there was some sort of fight with this between different members of his family I think maybe some of his kids versus like a, a later a wife in the picture I'm not even sure exactly I shouldn't perpetuate is, things if I'm not uh, so let me ask something is sure it fair it. to say that the the imposters out there the people who are spreading uh, false fitness advice or or inaccurate fitness yeah. advice or or just flat out like Photoshopping or faking yeah. their their results is it is is the reason they're so popular simply because they're preaching a quick fix they a sell the versus lie versus, versus what the actually works truth. is yeah. exactly right yeah beautiful lie versus beautiful the lie versus truth. the unsexy truth and, and I guess is, people want and I'm not going to generalize people but generally what successful <laughs> is is that idea that you can get this body by doing this easy work on taking this magic pill or taking this supplement Six and that's just wrong. Apps. So it goes back to that whole, it's not a sexy answer. You got to do the basics and you got to be consistent. So, I mean, you could watch freaking Kim Kardashian all you want, but you're not going to look like her because she has, she took needles. You got implants. Yeah. Right? Well, there's that. And like, she had a sex tape. Like if you want to do a sex tape, like maybe you'll get famous, <laughs> but you're not going to have that. Like that's right. a genetically given body. So protein, caffeine, sex BCA, tape. no, no BCA, no fish oils and sex tape. Sex tape. Got um, it. That's your, I don't I guess if you want to be famous and yeah, yeah. And butt, yeah, and butt selfies, belfies. You realize yeah, that if, if a sex tape of you turns up on the internet, we're, I'm going to have to start doing the podcast by myself. So. No, are you kidding me? That would be <laughs> yeah, the best the, thing that ever happened the, to your podcast. Yeah, the, I mean, the, 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 you don't press I would have press. you guys yeah. back yeah. on. You'll you know, have a million followers in a, in a handful of That's weeks. That's what we and, need to do. Or, like, wait, do so it. are we saying that here and now on the City of Champions podcast, you're not ruling out a sex tape, Dean Guido? <laughs> I have to ask my wife, but I okay. don't think it's in the cards. She's got to be very upset. She's not down for it. I'm not down. I, I can't do it. No. Okay. Andrew, Andrew, you, Andrew? What? What about you? Sex not tape? Not a chance in hell. <laughs> You're not releasing it? No. Do it for the podcast, man. Come on, yeah. man. And Shane's podcast. He's like looking. Do you have it saved in the right phone? Right now. No. Like, <laughs> I'm checking messages. <laughs> hey. <laughs> that was very okay. timely. Yeah. Did we cover the one you wanted to cover? Well, well, let's see. What, what else you got on list? Well, you keep going. I'm well, just going to see. I think we hit on it. What, so. was the, what was the big one? Oh, well, you know what? I mean, you get your sugar is bad and organic food is healthier. That's bullshit and a half, so... <laughs> Okay, let's just offend pretty much everyone we can. Why is organic food bad? <laughs> well, it's not. It, it, in theory, organic food would be great. It's just not it, better. It's well, just actually, not necessarily organic. I think that's kind uh, of. There's a lot of myths and misconceptions about organic food. That pesticides aren't used. No, I promise you, pesticides are allowed to be used with organic food and in most things. Organic is a marketing label. Mm -hmm. You're paying more money for the ideological moral superiority and feeling great about yourself and that you can look down on other people because I eat organic food and I'm a better person. Yeah. And that's a lot of that. That's where all that bullshit comes from. You're, 
there is not a shred of evidence in all of the research done on this that organic food is healthier for you. You do not lose body fat because you eat organic food. That is ridiculous, and some people think that's true. So that's ludicrous. And when you get into, I mean, I'm gonna set people's fucking hair on fire if I start talking about GMOs, but. Yeah, let's start. <laughs> like, uh, throw it everywhere the redheads? Yeah, quite literally. Uh, GMO food, people are terrified of this stuff because they're, they're scared of scientific stuff they don't understand. Right. But if you really want to get into the technicalities of this, a lot of genetically modified food and the growing practices allow for much larger yields with smaller tracts of land. Right. It is much more sustainable. Yeah. Uh, it is. They're more resistant to pest, uh, pests and uh, drought or blight or whatever other kind of things, disease. So therefore, GMO food actually could feed the world in larger populations. So one of the best ways to help the world starve in the grand scheme of things is to ban GMO food and seeds all over the world. But people are terrified of this crap because they don't understand it. They think, oh, you're injecting fish DNA into tomatoes and dumb shit like that. That is not how this crap works. So I can't even get into the technical science, but there's just a lot of fear uh, fish corn. and misunderstanding over GMOs and organic, and they tend to go hand in hand. So, right. But yeah, no, let's ban... How do you know all this stuff, man? What about vegans? <laughs> Vegan is really hard to get protein. There's two kinds of vegans. Yeah. Most there's, of them, there's like the vegans and then there's most like of them very, very well diet. intentioned, wonderful people. I mean, the idea that vegan diets are, are absolutely healthier than regular diets, well, I mean, compared to the traditional Western diet, of course, it is. But if you've got someone who eats a really healthy diet that has some lean animal protein in it uh, and some dairy, if you tolerate dairy well, versus someone who's eating vegan, no, there's probably no difference to that. If someone believes in eating vegan because they believe in the moral side of not eating animals, fine. Where vegans get a bad name and get themselves into trouble is when they become really militant or when they perpetuate misinformation, like again, this bullshit I want to bring up the, the big, the, the, we're not going to talk about the documentary, yeah. but there's one point that they made which should just squash veganism is that they were saying in What the Health is that eating chicken is like smoking a pack of cigarettes and I was just, just you know, and just a prequel to this I, I didn't know what this is about because like this is before all the craze I'm like oh there's a new documentary it's Saturday whatever yeah. I'll watch this right. shit and I was like this is kind of a weird movie they're like kind of going on like eggs are bad and meat's bad like whatever like kind of like okay whatever and then they start going like you're cooking a bunch of chicken that's like smoking a pack of cigarettes because when you when Whoa, you barbecue what? chicken it charcoals it so it's like that those oh, toxins fuck your body up and yeah. I'm like well and like I'm watching this thing and I'm like well I don't know what that, <laughs> but like nonsense. I'll keep going with this and yeah. then the vegan propaganda came out so like they didn't tell people it's a vegan movie right. they just put it on there it blew up and then halfway through the movie it switches over to like then I found veganism I'm like fuck I like knew it and I, I turned it off I like literally I haven't watched the second half of the movie because I was like fuck they got me for a whole hour and it was two hours <laughs> And I was like, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, I know where this is going. And then I, I it was Honestly, crazy. we were talking about Marvel movies and DC stuff earlier. Um, so there's there's, there's the more movie. fact behind Thor Ragnarok than there is in that <laughs> What the Health movie. So, if, if again, if you're so married to an ideological belief system and you're going to watch that and right. then tell everybody to watch it because it's, quote, I think proof 
I think this no, goes to like a lot here. of like the diet myths is like, and a lot of this shit's coming out because Netflix is popular and like it's easy to access documentaries based with information. Now, information whether it's true or not is kind of that distinguishing factor on what's good or not, and that's where it's going to be really hard to sift through the bullshit. But yeah. again, that's where a lot of this information is coming from is that it's consumed vigorously by people. Like they want to, like people are doing it from the bottom of their hearts. They want to learn about nutrition and like how to get better and how to eat a healthy lifestyle. If the first movie they came about was what the health and like. They're they're gonna be scared shitless of chicken because they're gonna think they're smoking a pack of cigarettes and they're like, well, they're vegan is either chicken or smoke cigarettes. And like they don't they cigarettes. don't look at the other one and then they go watch another documentary which which like says like what the fuck's another example um, like that GMO shit's bad so they have the whole one about like how the farmers are like getting like pillaged because they've taken their seeds and all that shit they're like well corn's bad everything's fed with corn everything all the meat's bad because they eat corn and it's just like Jesus Christ the, and so that's so just don't believe everything you see. these, so, these yeah. are the people that I actually think really need to stop eating food that have chemicals in it because yeah. it's going to solve the problem really quick you know those ones that say oh don't eat any food that has chemicals in it if I, I, I promise you you stop consuming anything that has any chemicals in it you're going to cease to be a problem pretty quickly because water is a chemical, oxygen is a chemical. <laughs> so go ahead. Right. Stop eating anything and then you're not going to be it, alive much longer and then we don't have to listen to your well, shit. It just anymore. goes down to that stuff that a lot of that stuff is myths. So I don't want to say seek out a professional that can kind of like put you on the right path, but like if you literally can't sift through the bullshit on your own and you really want to make a change, it's pro- the internet's a crazy fucking place and you can find a lot of good information, but like you have to sift and find the right stuff and I understand that that's hard. Where so are even, the best places to go? that people can get reliable, no bullshit information other than your both of your Instagram Remember and Facebook Remember these feeds. names. Yeah. If you are following fitness professionals on social media, here's a handful of really good ones. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Alan Aragon. Yeah. He's really fantastic at breaking down myth from misinformation. Actually, another really good source is uh, a gentleman by the name of James Fell. James gets a little bit aggressive in his politics. He's entertaining to say the least. He doesn't like Trump very much. Uh, which is fine, but he goes off the deep end about politics. But James is also amazing at combating pseudoscientific bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Lane Norton is a fantastic resource. Uh, our friend Dr. Mike Isertel, yeah. he, he guessed it with us. He's amazing. He's yeah. a really great resource. So he, Lee. so he Lee is a really amazing resource. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen to the Fitness Devil podcast. Fitness Devil yeah. podcast, yeah. <laughs> you know, guys, I mean, if you're enjoying this and all our bullshit is entertaining, then go and uh, go check us out. But Shane will lead <laughs> Those are just like some... This is about Shane. Those are some solid, like, resources, essentially. Yeah. Like, the, I don't want to... Like, what would, what would be, like, the first... I, I hate talking about diets, but, like, what would you consider like if they were going to go put in a google and i'm asking questions though a google search on the best way to like find a healthy way to eat without going fucking crazy oh like what God. would you i don't even know how you, because here's the problem with searching in google is because you're going to get a lot of bullshit pop up no matter how Sponsor you ask your pages so and AdWords. i think the best thing to do is to follow some of the smarter professionals at least expose yourself to that and if you're someone who wants to learn more about moderate eating and just gain accessible information Go try Sohili. Seriously, yeah. like she's yeah. a great. Place I think to start. that that's probably yeah. and, and just <clears throat> just to even like cut through the bullshit. It's just like go to that one person, consume vigorously, and that will branch off yeah. into a network of good people. Yeah. But like you have to basically find someone that's in a good network of like okay, fuck. I was gonna say the name you can't talk about, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's let's wrap this up. Let's yeah, sure. leave these people with <laughs> with uh, three. Let's say three key points to to fitness and I know for me personally it would be 
calories in versus calories out for your goals, obviously. It's way more complex than that, but that is the foundation. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. But okay. Add to that an amendment of a balanced diet. Yeah. You know? One third, fiber, one third, one third. Is that fair to say? Cal- uh, fat, protein, carbs. Actually, I hate ratios of this, and that's a question people ask. So, <laughs> Shane, you're the <laughs> we're so close to be talking <laughs> because there are no magic ratios. That's right. the problem. So I don't want to mislead people. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to aim for eating more protein. Most people aren't eating enough. Yeah. Okay. Eat more protein. Yeah. Okay. Eat more fiber. Yeah. Then calories matter. If yeah. you're going to track, okay, track. Fat versus carbs, it really doesn't matter. Once you get a little bit of both, mm-hmm. beyond that, it really truly doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. They're okay. energy calories. Uh, fat sources are more dense or less filling. So I right. wouldn't necessarily, the whole idea behind keto, a little risky because carbs tend to fill you up better than fat. So yeah. careful there. But don't worry about ratios because it really doesn't fucking matter. And okay. there's no universal one size fits all ratio. Okay. So that's good for nutrition in yep. terms of uh, exercise or fitness or, or weightlifting. What would your advice be? Find something you enjoy, be more active. Yeah. If we're just going on that, yeah, don't push yourself to the limit. Um, Stick within that ideal range of which you can recover from. And again, that goes to getting the right sleep, um, monitoring your stresses in life. So whether that means your job, your relationships, your kids, whatever, find a balance for yourself. And I know that's a a very general answer, but that's going to be the most effective is managing stressors and finding that place where you can recover from so basically don't if you feel like shit you went too far and right that's the easiest way to gauge it and obviously there's some outliers to that but generally if you feel good and you want to be in the gym and you're still motivated mm-hmm. generally means you're probably in the right zone right. and that's just over generalizing but that's probably the best place in terms of actual information yeah because so sleep manage your stress and work out doing something you like. Right. And if neither of you have a th- is there a third one? Because I've got one. I, I, offer I, up. I can do it like a, a 2B. 2B? Is that like start with technique. And I'm really, and maybe that's where my infographics are going. But it's yeah. just um, a lot of times at the gym, and I can understand completely because I've been there, is that you have, let's just say any workout program. Pick any workout program. You have exercise squat. Let's just say some push-ups and a deadlift. Those are three great exercises. But when done wrong... You'll fuck up your shoulders, you'll fuck up your elbows, you'll fuck Knees, up your back. Yes. And it's just find someone in your, whether it's a workout partner that's been doing it for a while, a trainer, uh, finding good videos on the internet, find a way to do things properly because that's the safest. And in terms of recovering, if you're doing things properly, a lot of those programs work. Mm-hmm. If you do a shitty deadlift in a program that has deadlifts, that program doesn't necessarily work when you do it poorly. Right. So it's just a matter of have a foundation in technique. However you get there, it's usually consuming information, watching videos, finding a trainer or a friend that you trust to know is doing things right. Yeah. You can find a lot of good information yeah. on YouTube as well. Absolutely. So there's a ton of instructional video there. So you probably do pretty well by doing that. Yeah. And I hate to say like you have to do that, but like in, unless you're intuitively good at that, that's a... That's probably the first place I'd start when getting into the gym, just because I don't want to say the gym's a dangerous place, but poorly performed exercise is could be harmful and then put you in. Like if you get injured, that could derail the whole process. Right, just especially if you're just getting started. Right. Right. And gonna, that could be a huge deterrent for some people. I'm going to qualifier here too, and I say this a lot. QC. Do not walk into a commercial gym. They, they're fine, but don't walk into the commercial gym and be sold by the salesperson on a trainer. Right. Do not fucking do this, okay? You are most likely going to be assigned to the newest and potentially an unqualified trainer. That does not mean the new trainers are not qualified. Dean and I were once brand new trainers yeah. too. But 
what you should do is if you are looking for a trainer is look for referrals from people you yeah. know someone you trust you've had several really good ones on this podcast michael dietrich is a sensational personal trainer mm-hmm. you could seek him out you could look for the free fitness guys jordan uh tony max derek there's a few others ahmed these are really really great people too we take on people you, you have access think, to a lot of and stuff. even if we don't want to like sell all these people is no. that Honestly, you know someone in your network that has seen great results, and everyone has that friend or family member. Like, ask them what they did, find out who they saw, because usually there'll be some help along the way, and that's a good place to start. Find referrals, and I think that that's usually the cream rises to the top, and results generally speak for themselves in most situations. Right. So find that person and ask them, like, how did you do it, and unless, who was your... Unless they're being starved by extreme fasting and drinking. Right, like I said, there's, there's, some, there's some, like, outliers to that, but generally, if people have a good experience, you, they're, if, they're if gonna... If you made it through this part of the podcast, and you didn't throw... Oh, we've lost all our listeners. iPhone across the room screaming at all the stuff that offended them, then they're not the sort of people who will be phoning... This is Shane's fault. He totally asked all the questions that would make Andrew upset. You asked some of the questions. I'm not upset. I love this. This is hysterical. No, this is great. So where can people go to lambast you with uh, direct messages of anger and hate? Or love or and appreciation. Love. Uh, honestly, and my, my, you can add me on Facebook. I'm an open book at this point. I love answering people's questions. My uh, So Dean Guido, but I mean, my, my Instagram is the best probably resource as far as free information I give. And just kind of to connect with me is it's Guido Power. So G-U-E-D-O dot P-O-W-E-R. And it's... <coughs> Guido, not Guido. It's, honestly, it's Guido or Guido. I was called my whole life in football. It's like Guido. Like my, my name looks like Italian, so it's just I rolled with it. And I'm Jersey Shore came out very soon after. Perfect. Like, I'm a Guido. Italian. I'm a Guido, and I have actually people like, like man, that's such like a, a douche name. I'm like that's my last name. Yeah, thanks <laughs> like, guys. Oh, yeah. What a douchey nickname. Cool. But I knew it. I played on that. But that's yeah. the best way to reach me. And, and again, I'm I'm always open to answering a lot of these questions. Yeah. I love helping people. You can find me on Instagram, Andrew Coates Fitness, or at Andrew Coates Fitness. I'm probably a little bit more active with Facebook, so just Andrew Coates on Facebook. Uh, you can send me messages on Facebook. It's actually probably the best way to get me there. Follow, I, like, I, I like gluten-free. Just, Fuck you, you man. Can, you, can follow, <laughs> you can follow me on Please there. Please, everyone, troll. I generally Andrew. just add friends if they're people I've met in person yeah. or, or kind of know, but you can follow me on there at the very least. And you've got to keep up your posts because your posts, like your long-form Facebook posts are just yeah. wildly informative, entertaining, mm-hmm. always offer some value. They're well worth the, the four to five minutes it takes and, to read And I think something. that that's a good point to put out, and that's what kind of got me turned on to Andrews. That, How turned like, And if you haven't figured it out, Andrew consumes a lot of information. It's great, and he is definitely, he shares it, and he basically puts it in a short format so you guys, like, he basically is an open book, and there's a lot of shit where he just puts out and, like, lets you have it, and, like, you could pretty much find a lot of information without don't, dealing with a lot of bullshit just by going to Andrews. Don't page. pay him to train you. Just look his Yeah, stuff. like, don't, he's not good at that, like, at all. He's just, like, he's good for videos and information. That's it. Like, it, it goes to something I firmly believe in. I mean, I'm trying to train myself out of work in that I firmly believe in making people as functionally independent as yeah. possible, giving them as much information, making them skilled at what they're doing so that they do not need me. I seem to do a fairly good job of creating so much value along the way that people stay with me for years. So that's been a really cool thing. So yeah, if, if you want to hit one of us up, you know how to find us. And one of the things that we're most active with and passionate about right now is our podcast, which we talked about. So it's search The Fitness Devil on iTunes. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can find us there, or you just link up with one of our social medias. We'll direct you to it. And we've had a really great time with it. We've been crushing on the downloads. We've had some amazing guests, and 
it's a really fun (laughs) (laughs) and again if you're someone who knows me or Dean or both of us and you're listening to this because you found shame through us like seriously like subscribe to City of Champions he's got some incredible guests on here he's interviewed several friends of ours a lot of really cool big names seriously check out what he's doing because he's got a lot of really cool stuff coming out like he's been a good friend to me for a long time he's someone I really want to support so I believe in what he's doing so please like show him some love subscribe check out one other episode (laughs) at the very least Give him that shot if you wow. like it. See, you no, I am so, red right so now. You don't. He, Shane doesn't have to do the exit. Yeah. No. Like I said, it was a hot intro and a hot outro by Andrew Coates. I don't know. I think that's. I think that's it for tonight, boys. See you guys. Hey, thanks for having us. This thanks really so much fun. for coming, guys. Check out their podcast. Check out their profiles. If you need a trainer, check them out. Just check them out. All in all, take care. <laughs>